Sonic Microphone on. Hello and welcome to the Pod Doctors on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast on the BBC series Doctor Who. I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing Series 13, Episode 5 of Doctor Who. So, I'm like, are they bringing everybody ever back in here, or what? <laughs> it kind of seems that way, doesn't it? It did seem that way. I'm like, okay, am I going to see some of the Doctors, too? Yeah, That's what I was waiting for. Clara. Oh my gosh, I was waiting to see John Barrowman just kind of walk through. (laughs) What is happening? Because they cannot get rid of the universe if we can't have Captain Jack. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, it looks like you managed to find some ratings for us. Yes, we did. We have ratings for episode five. It brought in a 0.07 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.334 million viewers making it the 64th rated show for the day. Bumped up just a little bit from the previous episode. You know what? I will tell you, talking to somebody who has been a diehard Whovian, our friend Jess, she did not even realize that it had come back. (laughs) Oh, no. So I think this is happening a lot. I feel like there was not as much advertisement for this season as we normally see. True. So maybe everybody, well, you know what? In the world we live in with, Everybody wants to binge everything. Because it's only six episodes, we might have a whole lot of people at the end, like, powering through. I guess we'll see. But I don't know. There's just so much. There's I don't know about you, but I swear this is really creating more questions than answers for me. Oh, I totally agree, right? (laughs) And how they're going to answer any of them? In one episode? Kendall's going to be able to. I wonder if that's why we're getting the specials then. That's more than likely. Oh my god. So many questions. So many questions. Otherwise, that final episode is going to be just jam-packed and no commercials. That's the only way I can see it happening. Right. We'll see. So let's jump into Survivors of the Flux, though, shall we? As the forces of evil mass, the Doctor, Yaz, and Dan face perilous journeys and seemingly insurmountable obstacles in their quest for survival. That should really be quests since they're separate. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it was so weird because when we open, we have the Doctor trapped among the weeping angels as an angel. But I loved how they didn't change what she looked like to be an angel. Right. I just thought it was kind of funny. I don't know why, because now I want an angel like that for the front. (laughs) Suddenly, we see the stone encasing her crumbling away, and she is wading through a crowd of weeping angels who are tormenting her, and vice versa, because we start hearing them whisper, 
Well, at least one of them whisper, because right. I kind of felt like it was multiple, and it was just like they had one voice kind of thing. Yeah, because the way she wandered around them trying to figure out which one was talking to her, yeah, it kind of made me feel like, yeah, she was getting voices from several different places. Yeah, that's why I kept thinking, it's like, that's not just one, but I could be wrong. She was questioning why they used the form of an angel to transport her too, which I thought was interesting. And she also wanted to know where she was. I think everybody wanted to know where she was yes. because that's a heck of a lot of angels. I don't think we've ever seen that many. No, not at all. <laughs> but instead of an answer, we get to be swept away and we're down in Mexico in 1904. And we have Yaz, Dan, and Jericho, which I think is just kind of funny. Yes. <laughs> Basically, what appears to be a temple to retrieve a pot. It's like, what? It's some kind of, I don't know. Like, it looked like a little tiny cup to me. Not even like pot. I didn't understand what they were doing. But Yaz was hoping to decode what was on the pot because apparently that was going to help them somehow. I love how it was super vague, though. Yes. It's like, this will help. Really? Really, will it? Yeah. And then in the background, we kind of had like a Stooges thing happening. Oh, my gosh. How did those two guys survive? Because it was like a pulley system, and one was supposed to let them down and then pull them up. But instead, we had Dan fall like flat on his face and then get zipped up. And then we have Jericho fall like flat on his face. I'm like, how are you guys not breaking part? Right. (laughs) And I mean of yourself. They're trying to use wood. Probably to build their pulley system. So, yeah, I would think. <laughs> I'm shocked they didn't break a rib or something falling like that. that. Too. Then we had Dan fall back again. And Yaz is just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I just loved her face. Like, really? Okay, great. And next thing we know, we're back with the doctor, who is, again, transformed into a stone weeping angel. Then winds up in front of an ood. Okay, Seriously, this is why I'm saying, is everybody popping up? Yeah. Because we've had, what, Santarans and the Cybermen. We had Daleks, too. Now we have the Angels. The Weeping Angels. Who? Who else have we not seen? That's what I'm starting to wonder. It's like, who have we left out at this point? (laughs) But the Ood ends up leading her to Asak, an incarnation of, I forget how to say the name, Hectian? Okay, which was the older woman from earlier who worked for Division, who reminded me of Madame Sprout from Harry Potter. And do we get to get more information? No. No, because they're going to mess with us. And we go back to our trio, who ends up in Constantinople. And they're trying to have the pot deciphered in the same, I don't know, little place that reminded me very much of Indiana Jones. It's like, is that the same building? I swear it was. Istanbul is Constantinople. Okay, I won't sing that. Sorry. (laughs) According to Yaz, the world is going to end. And the artifact should be able to reveal the win. But they don't get that information because, again, very Indiana Jones-ish. We have, what's that smell? Sounds like something burning. And yes, looks. And there's some freaking dynamite that was thrown in. Very slow fuse, thankfully. Yep. But she, like, piles on some, I don't know, was it just fabric? Clothing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and gets everybody out because that one woman was moving awful slow. Yes, she was. It's like, pick her up, Dan. Pick her up and get her out at this point. But they get out, and I love how they're like, who would want to kill us? And I'm thinking, oh, you're a friend of the doctor. Who wouldn't? That's how it tends to work out. 
Because next thing we know, they're on a ship, and that we learned on the pot they were able to decipher December 5th, and that's about as far as they got with the impending doom of the apocalypse ascending to take Earth out, but we don't know anything beyond that. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's going to be 2021, because that's when the final episode of this season airs on December 5th, 2021. Oh my gosh, I did not realize that. (laughs) Well played. Well played, BBC. Suddenly, though, as they're in their, what are they called on the ship? Thank you. I was like, the room, that's not right. Somebody knocks and in comes a man disguised as a waiter after Dan had to hide underneath the bed, which I thought was funny because he is stowaway. And as the man comes in, he is asking Jericho how many lumps of sugar he wants in his tea and he starts to pour. And then he hits Jericho with the pot, which I was like, oh, that's rough, man. That guy is not a spring chicken, and you're hitting him with a teapot. Big old guy with a teapot, so. Right? That ain't right. But Yaz and Dan end up subduing the man. However, the bad guys, as they often do, manage to commit suicide via poisonous capsule hidden in a tooth. That was like such a thing in all these kind of movies. It's like that way you don't have to see it. I just thought it was kind of funny though. Yes. It's like really, yeah. Like, But Yaz does see on his wrist, there's a serpent tattoo. It's like, hmm, what could this mean? Well, we're going to find out immediately. <laughs> Because we get to jump forward to 1958 England, and we have General Far. What was the name? Farquhar? Yep. I was going to say Farquad. It's like, oh no, that's from Shrek. Sorry. <laughs> and he's speaking to, who else? The Grand Serpent about his objective, which is a, to set up a task force dealing with supernatural threat to Earth, a.k.a. UNIT. Oh, well, this is so fortuitous that you are here. You can help assist me in getting unit off the ground. And I'm just like, oh, man. How the hell did he make it there? Right. He must be working with Swarm. Oh, see, I didn't even think of that. I'm thinking he somehow got his hands on like, oh, crap, what is that thing that that Captain Jack used? Vortex manipulator? I was like trying to think what it is because I'm unsure. Although the way this played out, I'm like, now I'm really unsure what the heck he is. But we find out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't know what that is. We do get to see Yaz watching a hologram of the doc who is giving her advice regarding their potential separation. And this moment just drips sweetness, which is something that we don't get a whole lot of in Doctor Who, and especially not thus far in Flux. Right. But we do get a bit of a breather then between the scenes because of it. And it's like, okay, we know that the Doctor is trying to fix things, which the Doctor always is trying to fix things. And the companions are always trying to fix things. So hopefully they'll be able to fix it on multiple ends and come together in the middle. I hope. (laughs) We do end up seeing that Dan and Jericho return from disposing the body of the man who committed suicide via capsule. And Dan reassures Yaz that, well, don't worry, we'll see the doctor again. It's like, he's so optimistic. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, oh. First timer, it's, yeah. Right. But it's like, oh, that's so cute. Then we get to go back into the future. I say that because, well, you never know with Time Lords where they are. We have Asok reveal little to the doctor regarding the when and where they are, of course. But she does provide insight into Division's beginning which 
kind of ticked me off. I don't know about you. Right. Division began on Gallifrey to ensure the survival of time and now extends beyond the breadth of space and time. They're omnipotent and omnipresent, which sounded very masterish to me. I don't know. I'm like, is this all going to be a ruse and it's the master all, all along? All along. Are we going to get a song like Agatha all along, though? (laughs) Osok tells the Doc that Division itself isn't in the universe. And that's why when we see the outside view, it's like, I thought it was just some weird event horizons happening. Right. But no, it's actually between two galaxies and universes and times and places and what is going to happen. Didn't we have this last season? I thought we had something like that, like a prison ship. Or was it just similar when it was like between the two planets colliding or something like that? We did have some episode where two planets were supposed to be colliding. And there was like some kind of ship between. That's what I kept thinking was happening. But what do we get next? Do we get the next part of the story? No, we get Cavanista informing his fellow Lupari the Earth shield is breachable. These are tongue twisters for me right now. (laughs) Because one ship, we don't know what happened. It like just started to float off. I'm like, that's not good. But he finds Belle encroaching on his territory, who just happened to be in a Lupari ship. And she was so close. And this made me so mad. Yeah. Because she was so close to this creepy planet monolith thing. And she's about to get down there. And she gets hyperjacked by Kevinista. It's like, son of a god! Because what happens in the next moment? Vinder lands on the place where Belle was about to set down. Right. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I don't know how many times I said that. Like, when it ended up going to commercial, there was a lot of swearing that happened for me. Right. But after what we find out happens to Vinder, I'm kind of glad Belle didn't get there, because... I don't think I'd want to see her in that situation. <laughs> That's true. Because he ends up, yeah, he ends up seeing like all these people standing around like these little lighted, I don't know, poles. I was going to say little mini pyramids or something. And they seem to be in a daze. It's like, what is going on? Right. I thought it was so weird. And next thing we know, we see Swarm in Azure. And oh, that's who's to blame. Because they absorb the humans. And they're now powerful enough to take on the Doctor. This is good. I don't know. Because <laughs> then we get to go back to the Doctor and Asok telling the Doctor about her origins. And I'm the one who brought you to Gallifrey. And I raised you. And then finally saying, I was the one who you were calling mother. It's like, ugh. I don't like you. No. You're not my mother. Right. And I'm like all set for more information. And in classic Doctor Who, nope, we're going to go back over here. Yep. It's like, grr. So we're in 1967, England. We are jumping all around. Like, time-wise, I feel like this is just crazy. And we have General Farquhar and the Grand Serpent when officially kickstarted unit. It's like, great. And the Grand Serpent spots the Doctor's TARDIS in Farquhar's office. And he's like, what's this? And he's like, oh, I don't know. We plucked it in from Metterton, which we converted into a military training area. I don't know what happened. Everybody disappeared. But was it just me or did the Grand Serpent not know what the TARDIS was? Because he did not seem like interested in it at all. Yeah, I don't think he does, which is kind of strange because... Vendor and Bell, well, we don't know for sure about Bell, but I would assume 
she has an idea as well of what a TARDIS is. And if they were basically working under the same grand serpent that was leading their people, then why wouldn't he know what it was? That was a little bit of a head scratcher. Well, Vinter didn't know what it was until he looked inside, though. Oh, he... So maybe that... Is this a TARDIS before he even opened the door? Oh, I thought he stuck his head in first and then said it. Yeah, maybe he did. Maybe I'm getting it just backwards. Maybe he just knew more. I don't know. The Grand Serpent seems like one of those guys, like, if it doesn't affect me directly, it's beneath me kind of thing. So maybe that's why he didn't know. And plus, we had Farquhar tell him, you know, they haven't been able to open it. So maybe that's why it was just like, oh, okay, whatever. It's just some phone box. You never know. So hopefully we'll... I have a feeling it's going to come into play, like, much of... The way they put, put like little things in, and then all of a sudden it's like bam, like the painting, for example, in Missy's hand. Right. But we have Farquhar showing the Grand Serpent this new device that'll detect non human life forms. And he puts it on himself. He's like, Yeah, see. And he puts it on the Grand Serpent after he's like, No, 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 don't do that. And he's like, Hmm, that's weird. And apparently. Not working. <laughs> right, right. It like, is totally. Dumbass. Could have totally played it off, except maybe not. And well, that has taken your usefulness down to zero. Yeah. Because a serpentine like creature, which creeped me the hell out, right, emerges from Farquhar's mouth after you've seen it all around his face because uh, it killed him from the inside. How did it get in him? Is right. what I want to know. Yes. And you, that's you know the second part of it. <laughs> I don't know if we've seen this previously. Like, I don't think we had an idea of the Grand Serpent being like this. Yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, weird plant serpent thingy. I don't know. It was gross. Later on, we see the doctor um, learning that Ashok and the Vision implemented the flux to keep the Time Lord in check. And not just any Time Lord, the doctor. Because everything is the doctor's fault, apparently. Right. And, you know, I can't say it's not, but I really don't think well, it is. What got me curious was the way she told the doctor that she can rally people around and, and they just can't have that. Right, because the doctor is hope, which took me back to the episode with oh, Martha when right. she walked the earth. Yes. And I'm thinking, what? Why would you not want hope? Because they just seem run to... everything. Yeah, I really don't know anything TVA. about <laughs> we control but, all of time and everything and you messing it all up but i feel like if she's like so far removed that just seems so weird so it's like the whole thing with the time lords themselves it's like okay then why didn't you help with the time lords that just seems strange and i want more answers right. than i have questions right. which may and never happen in doctor who by the way exactly yeah and that's <laughs> why it would not surprise me if everything in Timeless Children and Flux is all the Master's doing. Oh my gosh. I wouldn't doubt it anymore. No. I mean, honestly. He screwed with Jody's head and, and he's continuing to screw with it until he thinks he's finally defeated her. I'm really feeling like this person is not, in fact, Asok, that it's the Master somehow. Right. Or the Master's corrupted. I don't know. It's weird. But we get to see Asok use the flux to compress the universe while pushing into the next. And that's why, as explained, they had to take the doctor out of the equation because we didn't want you saving that universe. Apparently that was a royal we because I haven't seen anybody else around. Really? 
<laughs> we get more backstory regarding the doctor discovering that Asak found her the lost child on a deserted planet. And according to her, the doctor arrived through a wormhole. So Asak rescued her and promptly erased her memories. But I thought that was interesting because when they do go back and the doctor is like saying, how do you know you saved me? Maybe I was supposed to be picked up. And right. that whole back and forth, I felt like that was really like, hmm, what if she's right? Yeah. Well, and I thought it was a slip of the tongue by Asak because it wasn't then. Well, I guess maybe it was then that she erased her childhood memories. But somebody also erased her memories of being in Division. Oh, that's true. I didn't catch that. Right. So either there's two sets of different memories there for the Doctor or there isn't. Hmm. To me, there better be two sets so she gets her whole lifetime. But of course, if she does, then of course, she's going to want to go into that other universe to find out if that's where she actually came from. This is getting so confusing. Yes. <laughs> Next thing we know, we see Vinder brandishing a gun, and he ends up encountering Swarm in Azur, who orders Passenger to absorb him. Although, was it really an order when I felt like Vinder was like trying to get this to happen? Because he's like, what are you going to do? And then, flash, there, there he goes. He's like, yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Right. But when he's inside, he does find Dan's friend, Diane, who's like, oh, good, somebody with a gun. I have some scores to settle it's like oh do you know a way out yeah <laughs> just the way she said it it's like hmm i wonder if she knows something if she's learned it while being in there it's very possible and then we I get to go i don't want to know where the <laughs> where the escape hatch is <laughs> oh gross i'd say then we get to go and think about okay she's been in there with how many people how many people might have ideas is it been like a big brainstorming session in there Right. And Passenger doesn't talk, so there's no way to pass on that information. Right. And how many millions are inside this Passenger? I think that's really interesting that it could be something completely different. And like without them realizing it, they're right. setting themselves up to, I don't want to say be taken down again, but I feel like, yeah, Swarm and Azur might be destroyed because they're not thinking ahead. Right. That's kind of what happened before. Stone the doctor and not everything else. Right. Next thing we know, we see Yaz, Dan, and Jericho meeting a seer in Nepal. And oh my gosh, the seer. Oh gosh. The the jokes. It's like, I'm kidding. I have no one to kid with. And then it's like, I'm kidding. I'm like, wow, he is, for a hermit, he is awful jovial. That's all I was yeah. saying. He's <laughs> just happy to see somebody. Right. You bring me gifts. I'm just kidding. I know you don't have anything. Right. Some food, maybe? I'm kind of surprised. It's like, you didn't even bring him some potatoes or anything? Jeez. That's kind of rough. But he ends up imparting his knowledge, which was simply three words. Fetch your dog. Now, I had no clue what they were talking yeah, about. Dan and Jericho were absolutely clueless. <laughs> but Yaz figured it out. I'm glad she did, because I was right there with Dan and Jericho. I'm like, huh? What? And then when we see them next at the Great Wall of China and painting a message, I'm like, wow, you guys are defacing the Great Wall. Yeah. But it wasn't the Great Wall. But we do end up getting to see what they were painting, which is Carvanista. Dan is here, 1904, Fetch Your Human. It's like, oh. Which I thought was interesting that it didn't 
fade over all this time. And when Carvanista sees it, he's like, well, I can't travel through time. Again, I'm like, where's the TARDIS? Yep. Meanwhile, we have the Doctor trying to persuade the Ood that's working with Asak to reveal a map of the universe. And the Doctor notices that the universe looks much smaller than usual. And the Ood informs her that, well, not much of it remains. She's like, well, what? I love how she looked a little, like, taken aback. Like, oh, this is happening, but I didn't realize this is happening kind of thing. She believes that the Earth will be the apex of destruction. And perhaps what's compressed can be decompressed. Oh, maybe. It might take a little stretching. Who knows? Suddenly, the doctor pictures that dark, dilapidated house again that reminded me so much of the Cabin in the Woods poster. Right. And she's like, what is that sound? What's that whispering? And the Ood's like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. You're crazy. I kind of like that. But then we see a pocket watch with Gallifreyan etched across it. And I'm like, wait a second. We've seen these watches before. Yep. At least twice, if not more. Like, I know is with Tennant when he went back in time. I can't remember. Family of Blood. Right. And then I'm trying to remember the name of the other one. When they were in the future, that was Tennant again, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, and it was the master that had it. I can't remember the name of that other one. Children of... It wasn't Children of Earth, right? I don't think so. No, I think that's Torchwood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wrong one. If you know, write us. Let us know. But where do we end up? In 1987, where the Grand Serpent meets with Unit again, and a man who's bound for retirement. And the Grand Serpent wants to throw his hat in the ring to serve as the chair of the oversight committee for the organization. But the man is like, no, people don't like you. And it's going to happen over my dead body. It's like, oh, well, that was a bad choice of words. Yes, it was. (laughs) Because guess what happens next? And we get to see the creepy, creepy serpent thingy. I don't even know what it was. It reminds me of like a plant tentacle. Right. So it was just creeping me out. But next thing we know, we see Yazdan and Jericho returning to the ship because, well, Carvinista hasn't responded. Well, hello, he can't respond. He's in the future. Right. But who do we get responding? Well, kind of, sort of. <laughs> this was getting really, like, I need, man. I need a board with yarn so I can connect things. Yes. <laughs> that Joseph Williamson, who was the 1820s guy in Liverpool who Dan met in the tunnels and Yaz met on Atropos opens their door and he's like I'm on a boat (laughs) he sounded like just crabby old man it's like what is happening and uh, then he leaves but he like disappeared he opens the door and closes it again and poof he's gone I'm like are we in the labyrinth what's going on this is weird because Dan then explains to the crew that in 2021 the Williamson tunnel created by the dude that was just there are in the process of excavation. So what are they going to do? The only thing they can do, they're going to travel to Liverpool and try to gain access to those tunnels. We see them wandering through the tunnels and they encounter, oh, look at that, Joseph Williamson again. And he's all mad. He's like, oh, you guys just want to take me out of here. You don't understand. And Yaz explains their mission to him and that they're trying to find out the exact date of the apocalypse and prevent it. And suddenly he's like so relieved. Yeah, I've been waiting for you forever. <laughs> right? What? It's like, oh my god, you don't think I'm crazy? Yay! <laughs> Pretty much what I got out of that. But we go back to the future. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it that way. But 
Ozlock presents the doctor with an ultimatum. You can return to a dying universe and risk death trying to save it, or you can rejoin Division and have your memories restored. And the doctor's like, yeah, no, not happening. And then she's like, well, listen, I will even leave Earth unharmed amid the flux melee. Now, I don't know about you, but I didn't trust that at all. Oh, no, because like the doc later says is anything that survived is going to try to take over earth. So yeah, you're going to have, it. and we've already seen the Centauran seem to have survived the Dalek, the Cybermen. But I mean, if the fuck takes all of the rest in division, I'd hate to see that. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just crazy, but yeah, not trusting that at all. Plus the next universe, by the way, doctor, <laughs> I love how uh, shock's like, Oh, you know, by the way, it houses the wormhole, the other end that you came through. At least that's what they think. It doesn't mean that it's true. Right. Absolutely. Now I'm starting to like tinfoil hat this. Like, what if it's another one and it's really just a big circle and you're screwing up a whole lot more than you think? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Grand Serpent, in his creepy self, meets with Kate Lethbridge Stewart. And I was like, okay, go. You got this. <laughs> All right, girl. And she did. Yeah, she researched him, and she threatens to expose him for who he is. And don't make me call in a favor for somebody that you don't want to talk to. And we're all assuming it's the doctor. Right. But I I don't know, somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm like, what if it's River? Right. I don't know why, maybe because I just really want River to be popping up all of a sudden. Yes, that would be awesome. But... I loved it because she's like, yeah, and I know you always kill people you talk to, so don't try it because I'm wearing a psychic shield. Right. And she was just so, like, spot on. I loved it. Yes. But as she walks home, I'm thinking, something's going to happen. Yep. And the Grand Serpent, or one of his cronies, plants an explosive device in Kate flat, and we see her leave because she heard it. So she took off before it detonated. And this is where I'm like, oh, okay, what's going to happen? She contacts Osgood. I'm like, wait, we haven't seen Osgood for a while. No joke. Informing her that she's got to go dark and then snaps her phone in half, which I always think is so funny when they do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you just take out the SIM card or whatever? And then next thing we know, we see Carvanista boarding Bell's ship and the pair, of course, is shooting at each other and snappy little comebacks because Lupari Command disclosed to. Carvanista in the next moment that, oh, you're under attack. It's like, okay, so maybe we stop shooting at each other to figure out what's attacking all of us, huh? And this is when, in case you weren't confused enough, things really start going crazy. So, we know that Kate went dark, and we know she was in contact with Osgood at some point. Carvanista is on Bell's ship, being attacked, and it's getting weird. Yep. Joseph Williamson reveals a dozen different doorways that used to lead to specific worlds through the tunnels, and now everything's gone awry down there. Yeah, some do and some don't. Don't go in that one. That's a bad one. Yeah. And next thing we know, we have the Grand Serpent in 2021, because we've seen that jump. Yep. Ordering his forces to lower Earth's defenses and turn, what was it, all the missiles inward? It's like, what? And next thing we know, he's chatting to a Centauran commander. Again, what? Thus, the Centaurians attack Earth. 
They board Bell's ship and find Carvanisa. Well, I don't know if they technically found them, but Carvanisa and Bell were on the ship. And it's like, oh, okay, how are they going to get rid of this or around this, I should say? Right. Yeah, because that was a lot of Centauran ships that showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, the Daleks or something. Going back to that dumbass commander who blew them all up before, I was like, you son of a gun. And then we also have Centaurans showing up through one of the doorways down in the tunnels where Yaz, Dan, Jericho, and Joseph Williams in it. What the hell? Like, everything is really going crazy. How are they everywhere at once? It's like, oh, they're like American Express. But not not where I want to be is pretty much what's happening. Exactly. And then, final moments, we get Swarm and Azur finding the Doctor and Ashok via the psychic temporal bridge that he got a little boost from by consuming all those humans. And I'm thinking, okay, is Asak going to suddenly, like, help the doctor so that they can take care of Swarm and Azur? Well, we don't even get that moment because Swarm ends up dusting Asak in front of the doctor and is threatening to do the same to our favorite Time Lord, who is very close to that watch. So I feel like it's going to be grab the watch, open it, everything gets kind of shot back. Right. And we have all this craziness happen. But what the heck? I feel like there is just so much insanity. Like, I don't know which way's up at this point. Exactly. (laughs) I can't keep up. (sighs) Why don't you dive us deeper into the vortex? Because let's chase a wormhole tail or something, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was a delight to hear the tones of the late Nicholas Courtney and Doctor Who again. He first appeared as Brett Vian in the Daleks' master plan with Hartnell. He later played Colonel and then Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart in Doctor Who from 1968's The Web of Fear to 1993's Dimensions in Time, featuring in 24 stories alongside every Doctor from Patrick Troughton to Sylvester McCoy. His final television appearance in... The role was in 2008 in the Sarah Jane Adventures episode, Enemy of the Bane. Courtney died in 2011. The line Courtney says in the background, Lethbridge Stewart here, I want to call the RAF, please, is dialogue taken from part four of The Terror of the Autons, broadcast on January 23rd, 1971. Oh, is that the one that he's like, oh, yeah, okay. I was like, he's new, the loud one. Okay, yeah. And the reference to the post office tower business was talking about the 1966 Hartnell story, The War Machine. Redgrave first appeared as the Brigadier's daughter, Kate Stewart, in 2012, The Power of Three. This was the seventh episode in which she has appeared to date. And, of course, we all know that McNally has been in Doctor Who before, as he played Hugo Lang in Colin Baker's. First story as the Sixth Doctor, The Twin Dilemma. And before that, probably on a, maybe not a heart. No, maybe that was his first one, but he did appear as a middle-aged guy later on. I love how so many of them come back in different different ways. And that was the last regular episode of the Jodie Foster era that isn't a season finale or a special. Wait, Jodie Whittaker, not Foster. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're getting her as a doctor. No. I think so. But yeah, it that kind of slapped me in the face going, yeah, this is the last regular season episode we will see of Jodie Whittaker. That's crazy, though. Yep. It, I don't know. And now I'm just thinking, okay, so we know we have the finale, 
And we have how many specials? Two, I believe. Two. And then we'll have a regeneration, which I'm sure they're already trying to figure out. Oh, my gosh. They're already trying to figure out who the new doctor is, I'm sure. Right. And I'm sure everybody, all the Whovians are like, well, who could it possibly be? And I'm saying now, no, we do not want an American to take over because it would just be too different. Yep. It's like, no, it's very British. Let's not redo this. I don't want want this just like another redo. I just want awesome storylines and maybe answers to questions. That would be great. Yeah. (laughs) Going to be confused forever. Well, you know how confused we are. We want to know how confused you are. Shoot us an email or an audio file, however you want to do it, to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Let us know all of your thoughts on Doctor Who. Where do you think it's going? Have you been able to follow along quite easily? Because I have not. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about Doctor Who. I know you already are. And tell them about our show. And we, of course, hope you're enjoying our podcast. And we want to welcome every new listener out there in podcast world and YouTube land and everywhere else that you are, because we totally love having you here thank you for listening and supporting us and for this episode of the pod doctors i'm steve fetch your dog i'm sean fangirl and until next time there is nothing wrong with your internet do not attempt to adjust your settings we are controlling the podcast we control the squealing and the screams We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. (laughs) 